Welcome back. Unless this is your first time to join us on Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock, you are in for a treat. We're going to continue our series today of looking at the planets from the perspective of their relationship to the sun. We've started with the conjunction and then moved over to the sextiles and squares and trines and opposition and just kind of cover how, if you have, for example, the sun and Uranus in a conjunction, what might that look like? And Robert, we have a listener who has been anxiously awaiting this episode. Hi, Thomas and Robert. I'm just curious about learning a little bit more uh, regarding the planet Uranus and its role and significance in somebody's natal chart. Uh, I really enjoyed the episode about the role of Saturn and its significance in somebody's natal chart. And I would just love to learn a little bit more about Uranus. So thank you so much. I hope you can answer this question. And Robert, I have one before that, because what just jumps out into my little audiobook narrator ears is the difference in varieties of pronunciation of the planet that we're talking about in this episode. I'll tell you what I did from a narrator's perspective. I wanted to get the best throw on it. So I use merriamwebster.com, dictionary.com, and then if I need other sources, I'll try to get them. But basically, and then I just take the best blend. Well, with this planet, Uranus, or Uranus, or Uranus, we, <laughs> we have a consensus between the two. So Merriam-Webster and Dictionary.com both say it Uranus. And yet, I know there are a lot of astrologers say it Uranus, as she did. And I have not actually checked astronomy, because when I'm narrating a book, I just have to go with kind of what the accepted dictionary pronunciations are. I feel good about that as a narrator. And then I guess there's, you know, of course, colloquialism that you could get into. But wouldn't it be just like what this planet stands for and represents that we can't even get together on how to pronounce the darn thing? Too true. Absolutely. It's funny. Uranus is a very safe pronunciation. Uranus just reminds me of frogs and dissecting them in biology in high school. And it's got anus in the title and I just some a Libra. And so I'm going with Uranus because it's what I've always said. I guess it sounds to me ridiculous though it is being a Libra. It sounds a little more sophisticated, but Uranus is fine. Anyway, whatever you call it, it's the planet of genius. And that's in quotes. But if a person has any capacity for quote-unquote genius, it will show up through Uranus and its placement by sign and house and aspect. So it is where you are meant to break the mold. You're going to think differently about those house matters. You're going to think differently about those sign matters. You're going to go your own way with regard to whatever Uranus and that sign rules in your horoscope. So it's about independence, freedom, creativity. It's very much linked to birth, both literal births of children and also figurative births of creative or scientific or social service ideas and projects and occupations. It's a collective archetype. So if you have a personal planet connected with the Uranus archetype, that person will tend to somehow identify with a particular niche of the collective. It'll probably be an unconventional part of the collective, such as astrologers, which happen to be ruled by Uranus. 
But they are people who think for themselves and also people who are something of a loner in those house areas where you find that birth Uranus and, and also the sign characteristics of it. Something of a loner in the sense that they really don't like to be interfered with. Um, they can work collaboratively as a team, but they don't like uh, to be dictated to because their instinct is to rebel against that because their instinct is to, in, in these house matters where they find Uranus is to rebel against tradition. Because Uranus is about breaking through barriers. So it's called the awakener in astrology. And you will awaken through the house matters where you find Uranus. In my case, it was in the sixth house in my chart in Gemini, which does rule cars, among other things. And it was in that automobile accident that I had my first out-of-body experience. Uh, so that was... One of my Uranian awakens, awakenings, the other one was uh, really astrology and being introduced to that just before I was uh, 21 in a bookstore, Gemini, again. So if you look to the Uranus aspect or the Uranus aspects in your chart and placement, uh, it's, it's that sign of individuality, originality, uh, individuality, independence, freedom, all of those kinds of qualities where you're meant to forge a different path for yourself and be a representative of that path to other people. Okay, so is that... Let's go back to the sun conjunct Uranus. Uranus <laughs> got me messed up now. <laughs> one of us is saying it one way, one of us is saying the other. This you planet. <laughs> so when you have the sun conjunct, you know, I'm, you've got Neptune conjunct your sun. I've got three planets all twisted in together. So we both understand the power of a conjunction and the strength that that brings. Is this person prone to even being overly self-independent? Well, yeah, there's always that risk with Uranus and also the sign of Aquarius even. Uh, you know, Aquarius is, as a rule, really, is a, a wonderful sign. People sign, loves people, gregarious and all of that. It maybe is not so great at intimacy. Intimacy can begin to smother Aquarians unconsciously because it's the... 24-7 presence of another person or the 24-7 presence, presence of anything, too much order in an Aquarian's life is on a gut level kind of threatening. They need to have a certain sense that unpredictability is going to be a factor in their lives, which is a very Uranian kind of thing. So that they uh, often are people who on the outside can appear to be very selfish and self-involved. And that's really not necessarily true. They are involved in exploring themselves, uh, and they don't want to be too tied down by too many restrictions and responsibilities. And when they are, they can unconsciously rebel against having chosen too many responsibilities. They can unconsciously rebel and become uh, really almost mean because they they instinctively want to get out of that situation where they feel trapped but they don't know how so that they can bottle all of that up and then come out explosively but still this idea of uranus and genius is always there and when it's conjunct the sun like that you really are the life force and uranus are both 
united in this way. And so these people can, if they are, if they have a scientific mentality, that so much the better. They can become brilliant scientists and engineers, brilliant psychologists, and students of human nature as well. And certainly, metaphysics is one of the consistent areas for exploration with Sun conjunct Uranus, because again, they are open to pushing the envelope and trying both very ancient techniques along with very contemporary cutting-edge techniques. So that today you're going to find things like, now this is Neptunian, ayahuasca is what I'm thinking of. For example, my generation, it was acid. So things, these kinds of hallucinogens tend to change sometimes over the, the decades and the millennia, but they're all kind of geared to allow human beings to have a perception of non-physical or pre-physical realities. That's part of what they do. They All of these drugs, pharmaceuticals, alcohol too, lower inhibitions, they lower barriers. And uh, the psychotropics do it in a, a different way that's not, in, uh, doesn't include becoming inebriated, let's say. So, uh, but once you've been opened to those areas, you know they're there. There are other ways to find them and get there and experience them without the need of any hallucinogens or drugs or anything else. And you can basically learn to do it all the time. And that's very much a Uranian trait. It's an air sign planet, an archetype. It's very much about the mind, the higher mind, especially. And so these areas of, of things like you and I are talking about just right now, out-of-body experiences. I had a client yesterday, and it, it completely changed her life, and it was fairly recent. Now, mine happened when I was 26, and I've seen over the years since then how that totally changed my outlook and understanding of life. At the time, I didn't realize it, but it certainly has. Yeah, so I love the, the combination of, of Neptune in here. Oh, yeah. I have both now. I got the Sun conjunct Neptune, and they both try and Uranus with me, and Uranus is in my six hours of work, which is certainly true for me. Uh, having worked all my life very independently, always as a writer, once uh, astrology for one thing, and then also as a television writer, which is Uranus and Gemini in the media, and that's my sixth house of work. So it all, I didn't, uh, you know, consciously, I mean, I started out on this path without knowing anything about astrology. So it was only after I got into it that I, well, look at this. At least I'm choosing the right career. Granted, it's not a stable, steady career, but then I didn't want one. And that was the truth, you see. So I, it really has been an amazing adventure astrology has. The more I learn about it and, and the more I learn about myself, the more I see how we do create our own realities, actually. And so in turn, astrology has become a way around fate, if you will. It's a way to understand, yeah, you're born with a certain fated tendency toward this, that, and the other thing, but... These are because of beliefs you have about yourself. Now, you can change those beliefs if you begin to look at some experiences and understand them from a different perspective. And here your chart suggests you might go back to, to your age 20, and let's talk about something, and suddenly you begin to uncover some things that turn out to have established that person's belief systems about their self-worth in life. And therefore, what happened at 20 turns out to have set a belief system that has made them unsure and unconfident about themselves. And all it is is a belief system, because you can find other areas in their lives where they have achieved and those beliefs don't play. So now suddenly they're conscious 
of how their belief systems are in fact shaping their realities because their beliefs shape the way they speak and the way they act and the way they relate to other people. And once they have a conscious handle on that through astrology, they think it's, oh, because they can be objective about it. They can raise their consciousness a little bit above just the routine day-to-day consciousness and see, oh, yeah, I see how I might behave in a way regarding these elements of life that create these kinds of situations. Suddenly now, they are in control. It's not unconscious fate dictating. It's very conscious. And they realize they have got a choice now. Consciously, they can change the way that they live and the way that they think. And Uranus is a great one for doing that. It really is because Uranus lives to upset the apple cart. It's got Saturn. Thank God for Saturn because we wouldn't have structure without it. But there are times in life to go beyond tradition and find your own way. And that's really kind of been my whole life, to tell you the truth. I put up my chart um, for Robert to look at. Uranus is at 20 degrees in Leo, and that's what he was referring to. And as you know, I went to college with the intention of going on to seminary. I was going to be a Baptist pastor. And guess what age that path changed? (laughs) Take a guess. (laughs) Take a wild guess. Could be 20, and I ended up going into broadcasting, and I never went back. You know, it's interesting, too. You are still on a mission. You started out on a mission, and you were raised on a mission. What you did is to take that mission and grow it in a Uranian way into astrology and metaphysics. It's not that you've abandoned Christianity as you have risen beyond it even. You know, it's fascinating to me when you get into religion and and theology. Do you think God is a a Christian, or do you think God is a Jew, or do you think God is a Muslim? God, the creator of the whole thing? And then suddenly you're faced with, no, wait a minute, is are God and religion the same thing? They're not. God pre-exists all religions. The the all that is, that's the phrase that I love that Seth uses in, in his books, the all that is, because it doesn't have any religious connotation. But religions are man-made stories, tribal stories about how we perceive God. And that's all they can ever be, because we can't prove that anything is the word of God. We can prove that it that some man says it was the word of God, but that's not the same thing. So you're on a mission, but you've outgrown the restrictions of the, let's say, fundamentalist Christian. And this is Uranus's purpose, is to go beyond the convention, the tradition, to break through. And with Uranus and Leo, This also applies to children in your life. So you're not only your biological children, but your creative children through basically transforming other people. You want to take Chiron over there opposite that Uranus. This is very much about your healing other people. You could have done it through the ministry. You're doing it through metaphysics. It's the same thing except broader and more inclusive. The religion is exclusive. Our tribe is 
the true tribe and everybody else isn't. That's what they all say. They don't say it overtly so much anymore, although more and more are. But that's the whole dichotomy of religion. It's very much us, them. And everyone who is not us is evil. And that's a horrible kind of way to go through life. Because we, other people are not necessarily evil just because they are different from you. Sure, absolutely. You know? So it's an interesting thing that you've done because, in effect, with that Uranus there, you gave birth to yourself at age 20. And it was a real break, a divorce, which is very common with Uranus there. And that was a break with a past self. Now, and it, it, it wasn't a, a suicidal break. It was a creative break. But, boy, it was for your life. It really was. I, you must have felt Oh, it changed the whole course of my life yeah, completely, yeah. who I was and everything, because I was going mean, to go I, be a pastor. Maybe this, maybe this isn't the time or place, but I'd be fascinated. How did that, how did that look? And I mean, it couldn't have been overnight. It had to be something that had been building for a time. Oh, it was, I'll tell you the story real quick. I, sophomore, or sorry, first year, freshman year of college, found a job at the First Baptist Church in Bentonville, Arkansas. In fact, it was catty corner on the Bentonville Square from the first Walmart store. First Walmart, I can see it now. Now is a museum there, yeah, and the First Baptist Church of Bentonville was across the thing. Well, I became the youth minister, and my responsibilities were Sunday. And to just basically come over about a 30, 45 minute drive and lead the youth on Sundays. Well, <laughs> sun on Mars and Scorpio, come on. Was I there just on Sunday? No. I was there on Wednesday. I was there on Saturdays. I was knocking on doors. I mean, I was doing the whole thing. Well, so it grew. Then, right as our second year of college was happening, I'm walking across campus and I hear this Miller! <laughs> and it's my good friend, David Brooker. Rest his soul. He left us way too soon. But he was wanting me to do the football games with him on the local AM radio station. Oh, man. Had I just <laughs> gone to heaven. <laughs> so now I could do church on Sunday, radio on Friday, and oh, my gosh. Well, so I went to tell the pastor the good news. And he gets this long, he had these lines that went down from his, he frowned a lot. And also was actually framed this up. He was caught later uh, doing it with somebody in the choir or in the church, one of the secretaries, something. So he was. No. He, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he gets this long look on his face. And I said, is something wrong? And he said, well, I was really wanting us to do some things for the kids on Friday nights after football games this year. Even the away games, I'd like us to do something. Now, and he said, I hadn't told you this yet, nor had he discussed additional compensation <laughs> you know time right so it's like i was giving it now it was going to be expected so i said you're going to have to i'm going to have to make a choice and he said yeah you're going to have to choose so i went back and i talked to my pastor youth pastor dad you know and i didn't know astro i wouldn't touch astrology for another 30 years i would have cast a horary chart and been done with it but i didn't know all those tools all I knew was to pray and God would lead and guide. Well, my dad was the tipping vote, and I, you know, I so respected my dad. He was a wonderful, wise man. And he said, well, you know, you can always change courses. You can always readjust. And college is a time to experience different things. You've done a year with the church. If you did the radio, that would give you a year of experience doing that, broadcasting, and that's your interest. 
Well, based on that advice, I told the pastor that I would be resigning, and that's what changed it. That's amazing. Never told that Testament. publicly. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, Thomas. We were talking about Uranus showing your genius, if, if to whatever extent you have one or have that capacity. It's in your second house of your self-worth, and it's in the sign of Leo, which is children and birth and creativity and all of that. Your genius is in finding your true self, which turns out to be not a kind of limited theology, but something broader that, that encompasses but is bigger than theology, which namely is metaphysics. Just took a while. So I went on well, a Moses to the backside you know, of mean, the burning it's, bush it's, it's, <laughs> journey. It's interesting, it's interesting that you pointed out the age. In other words, your Uranus archetype here would have been initiated, so to speak, for the first time, fully initiated at age 20 to 21, right there at 20 degrees, 44 minutes, which simply means around that age, your whole self-worth would have altered radically. It was literally like giving birth to the real Thomas. And that would have been the point of origin right there. Although, here's the, here's the other Uranian characteristic of this. Think about this. For the next 30 years, I carried guilt about making that decision and not going into the ministry. And the very first Subconscious Mind Mastery podcast is this story, that when I, in the Baptist church, you would commit to, you know, as a teenager, they loved it when teenagers would commit to going into the ministry. Ah, we got another, you know, we got another pastor going to seminary here. So I did that when I was about 15, and that pastor leading that church where I did that, very dynamic guy, became a friend of our family, the whole thing. He met me one day, and he pointed his finger right in my face, and he said, you are the biggest disappointment in my ministry. I was about 25 at the time. I'd been in broadcasting. I'd done television. I'd started my own business, and because I didn't go into the ministry, which I had surrendered to do in his church, he pointed his finger at me and said, you are my biggest disappointment. And for the next 30 years, I owned the term, I am a disappointment. Mm. Well, I'm glad you finally outgrew it. And I did. In 2012, actually, I went right back to the geographic place where that happened, and I released it over about two hours of tears. Well, you're luckier than had you been a Scientologist because their contract signs them up for a billion years. Yeah, a I billion. didn't do that. I got out of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Before we wrap up here, let's talk about the tension sides of this. So what if you have a square to your son or to another prominent square or opposition to Uranus? Uranus? What do you do with that? That's riding that tension of that square. How does that play well, those, out specifically? All right. The squares are the obstacles to fulfilling the life force. So if you have the sun conjunct Neptune, sun conjunct Uranus, that's a Uranian or Neptunian life force. If it's square something like Saturn, there are the blocks. There are the challenges that you're going to face in this life in order to express the higher and best qualities of that sun conjunct Uranus or Neptune. So Uranus square, somebody, or what kind of a hook or what kind of right, attention are the they thing, going to get? There the thing is, because with Uranus square, the sun, it is very much an aspect of separation. 
the person will tend to be very smart in some area and very talented in some area, but they will have trouble separating themselves from a family and a town and an environment that does not recognize their genius. So they will be angry unconsciously because other people don't support their genius. The key to it is to move. And find some place and people that do, because as long that's the conflict. That's the genius of say Uranus square the sun of the life force. And the challenge, and it's a it's a karmic challenge, if you will, somebody has chosen it. The challenge is to see are you going to be able to learn to live your own life, even though it's quite contrary to the people who love you? Or are you going to submit and surrender your own true self to the people who love you or who say they do? Wow. So what I'm hearing is if you run Uranus, Uranus through the filter of this is where my genius is reflected in the chart. Boom. And that's the key. Tom. And it doesn't have to be Einstein genius. It just means this is where your true individuality can shine. Here, you do things differently than anybody else. Yeah, it's probably going to be controversial to some people, but it doesn't matter. You're very good at this. And in fact, if you begin to find something in this area, like where the house is and sign that you're on, something that you could specialize in, quote unquote, like astrology, which is what I turned out to do quite by accident. I had no idea of becoming this as a profession until I realized after about three or four years, gee, I'm making more money at this than I am acting. So that's got to tell you some. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> so <laughs> I quickly realized. And then the next thing I know is I'm writing for American Astrology Magazine. I'm thinking, my God, I'm an astrologer. Just like that guy in the bookstore said I was. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So even in this deal that we've been kind of threading through here in my own situation, 20 degrees later in the sign, later of the way through, Leo expressing out in the second house, there's a way to use astrology and helping other people transform because it's across from Chiron in the eighth. There you go. Later, finding it later in life. And wow, the genius. Wow. And mainly because you have done it yourself in your own self-worth with Uranus there. So the fact that you're able to transform your own life and to understand your own life in such a wonderful, helpful, cohesive, spiritual way you want to share with other people. Through your talents, you're broadcasting, you're a messenger still. Mercury and Jupiter at birth in Sagittarius in your workouts, you are a messenger. You would have been a wonderful minister, except that you're unconventional. You see things larger than your religion let you see them. Yeah, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been a good path, not no, in any kind no, of way. No, no. <laughs> I know that now. Wow, you are just blowing us away here. We record a batch of these episodes, and every one of them has been incredible. Robert, thank you so much for this. If you see now why you would do well, if you have not done it already, to sit with Robert and go over your own genius and the challenges and the obstacles and the paths and what's there now, direct link is in the show notes. Check it out. And thank you so much for listening. This has been great. I hope you'll truly consider talking with Robert. It's worth it. We'll see you next time on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.